Hello and welcome to Check One Two, where we give you the lowdown on testicular cancer by talking to survivors, advocates, and supporters of testicular cancer awareness here at the world-famous podcast studio, Glasgow. So get ready for today as I sit down with one heck of a guest, Jamie Keeble, the co-founder of North Yorkshire's renowned food company, Heck. Today, Jamie shares his inspiring journey from discovery to recovery, um, shedding light on that critical importance of early detection uh, and ending that stigma that often surrounds discussions about testicular cancer. Thanks for coming on, Check One yeah. Two. Uh, if you just like to kind of give your story and uh, we'll go for there. Yeah, so um, Jamie from North Yorkshire and I have a, a sausage business called Heck Food. Uh, which we make basically bangers, burgers and balls, and we supply every major retail in the UK apart from Marks and Spencers, basically. Uh, we launched the brand back in 2012, so over 10 years now, which has been a hell of a crazy journey, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, we've only really got started, and uh, it's fantastic to come up here and talk to you about my story with testicular cancer, which is... Something that affected me back in 2015, which seems like a hell of a long time ago. It's one of those things that I've almost forgotten on a day-to-day basis, which which is a testament to the recovery I've had, really. Um, and I'd love to tell my story and get that word across that, you know, you have an absolutely perfectly normal life if you get checked early, um, which is key. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny because our testicular cancer journeys happened around the same time. I was 2015 as well. Um, So like uh, I probably would have been kind of going through treatment that same year. Mm -hmm. Um, How how was your testicular cancer like uh, journey in terms of, you know, how did you find it? Were you aware of how to look for and feel Mm -hmm. for stuff and things like that? Um, Going back, I mean, no, I had no, I had nothing to do with testicular cancer called, never heard of it. No one in my family's ever had it. None of my friends have ever had it. So um, it's a funny one. I discovered it when after playing five-side football one night. I was living in a flat by myself and I was still just getting unchanged and chucking my stuff into the laundry. And then, um, I don't know, I must have had an itch or something. I just had to have a feel for some reason. And then I discovered a lump, not too big. I think it was maybe size of a five-pence coin, something like that. Um, but I knew straight away, as soon as I, I felt it, uh, that it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately, sort of this, this sort of um, horrible, sort of ghost-like feeling that goes through your body uh, hit me, and I basically the next morning went straight to my local GP, and um, yeah, it was it was a lady, and she had a she had a good feel, <laughs> and um, she said there was nothing really to worry about. Um, it could be you know a cyst, or it could be something much worse. So she couldn't give me a, an answer right there and then. So uh, left with more questions than answers. And then, um, you know, told my parents about it and they said, look, you need to get it sorted, you need to get it checked. So that next day or maybe the se- or that afternoon, um, I went to um, a private doctor and he said, yeah, that could be could be something a bit more worse than it, it originally thought. So, um, yeah, and from there it just sort of spiraled over a two-week event of just just worry and um, not knowing what the hell was, was around the corner, I suppose. Mm. Um, but as soon as I sort of got it diagnosed, uh, I guess the most the thing that really sort of scared me was being ill for a long time, being stuck in a bed, lose all your hair, and you know this horrible 
images you see of people on the back of cigarette packs. You know, that, that's why I thought it was going to happen to me. Um, but thankfully it didn't. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's the thing that goes through everybody's mind, eh? Like, yeah. Because um, when you hear like chemotherapy and things like that, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily um, think, you know, just this nice, easy journey. You know, you, you think chemotherapy and it's like, oh my God, yeah. it's people looking dead ill. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and being young, being fit and healthy, um, obviously puts the, the frighteners on you even more as well, especially when it's to do with your, your, your balls as well, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I, that sort of 12-month period when I when I got the cancer, I felt like I was a bit unlike in a, a soap opera. I had quite a lot of stuff going in my sort of personal life coming into that, and discovering I had had, had the lump was like the cherry on top of the cake, really. Yeah. I felt like I was on Coronation Street or something, <laughs> you know. Um, but... Thankfully, everything worked out okay. But when I discovered the lump and went, I went to go and see the um, the, uh, the radio therapist, or is that the right word? Yeah, radiographer. Radiographer. Yeah. Um, he was quite a young guy, young in the profession, I think, and I, he didn't know sort of what I was coming to see for or whatever. So he said, oh, "What's what's wrong with you?" And I said, "I've got a lump in my testicles." I said, "All oh, right, it's okay." So he started scanning it and. Um, he basically said right there and then, yeah, that's got to come off. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Just really clean and blunt. That's got to come off. And when he said it to me, I was like, right, okay. And got changed, walked outside. My parents were waiting for me. And um, as we're walking back outside the hospital, I said, right, well, we'll go and um, see what happens in the follow-up opinion. I says, no, no, it's got to come off. So they're like, <laughs> what? So they 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 lost their, their shit a little bit and... Mm. Uh, I uh, got really worried, and that's when it really hit me where, oh, Christ, you know, when you see the, the look on someone else's face, yeah, they're, like, really scared for you. That's when it sort of reflects back onto you, think, oh, Christ, this is this is not good news. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was a, a tough moment, definitely, in my life. Probably one of the toughest moments ever. Especially if you've had a lot going into that as well, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like if you've got a, a life that's almost like a country song, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you, then you get that diagnosis. I was... I was with my wife when um, mm -hmm. I got my diagnosis. I can and I, I can vaguely remember like we were laughing and joking because I had this like comedy of things happen in the radiographer appointment. But when we went to, she said, um, "I think you're going to have to go back and see the consultant." And I was like, "I didn't really put two and two together that mm -hmm. I was going straight for her to see the consultant again." Yeah. And then when he started saying, "Yeah, it looks like it's cancer," it just felt like everything was kind of coming in mm -hmm. and got just dead blinkered and I can just remember sitting going yeah okay and he's going well we're going to have to operate yeah okay <laughs> you know, it's just, there wasn't much got, there yeah. wasn't much coming out yeah mm. yeah no, it's a scary thing like when I when you invited me to come and speak with you I, I had to really sort of go back because I've almost forgotten what it was like I, I almost that, that sort of memory I guess you just you close up and you pull it you tuck it somewhere in the back of your brain and you don't really want to think about it again and I've managed to do that and then to actually try and re- trace the step the steps of the process of that I went through um it just it sort of brings it all back and it definitely was it definitely was a challenging moment mm -hmm. um and the scariest thing was that you didn't know um if you were if you were going to make it you know because that, that earlier that early on, you don't know if it's spread you don't know if it's gone somewhere else so all these questions were were going through my mind at that point um but luckily enough I, I caught it early I think I was stage one creeping into stage two right and if I'd waited any longer, that could have been a, a different journey for me. So I only had one round of chemo, um, just as a precaution, really, to make sure the cancer cells had stopped growing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, very, very lucky. And 
Uh, actually, the chemo was the worst bit. I don't know about you if you had to have more than one round. Or... Uh, I got two. two. And I, I was just in the periphery of needing mm. to, because um, I think in England it had changed right. from... So I think I was the same as yourself. I was like stage one, creeping into stage two. Yeah. Um, but it hadn't quite changed over to the, just the one dose mm -hmm. um, at that point. So yeah, I ended up with the two. But that was the worst bit. The, mm -hmm. the chemo was definitely the worst bit. I mean, oh, horrible. It was just like, oh, Christ. It was like being seasick for like a week and a bit or whatever it was. And um, I come with a meal I had after having the chemo. It was like, um, like seven fried chicken like fillets or something like that and mm -hmm. now I can't even the fourth of it actually makes me feel sick to be honest with you. Yeah. I, can't, I can't even eat it so uh, yeah it's ruined it for me it's, it's, it's ruined KFC for me oh that's it it's done <laughs> <laughs> but with um, in doing the podcast we've had so many um, like conversations like this it's like mm. I, the chemo really does if there's one thing that you really enjoy it will take mm. it away from you yeah, just yeah. because I you're like at the minute you're going through that mine was the smell of lavender like oh, it yeah. made me I'm okay now but see for years I mean I, I just be like oh <laughs> with the smell of lavender yeah. but it's interesting as well that you know you caught it early but you caught it early because your concern wasn't allayed by like the kind of GP when mm. you first went and again, we found, you know, that I was, I always think I was dead lucky. My GP went, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to send you to the, um, get it scanned re really quickly. I think mm -hmm. I was like two days and I was up there, mm -hmm. but the, we've had a couple of guys in who were told ah, it might be nothing. And then it was going to be anything up to six months to get a scan. And that's I think that's the biggest challenge is, is challenging that stigma, even for GPs. Eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean. God, if I had to wait for six months for a scan, I, I don't know what I'd do. You know, I'd <laughs> take it up myself. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I was really fortunate. You know, within a couple of days, I managed to to get it solved. But yeah, no, that that definitely needs sorting. I mean, waiting that long to get a scan is ridiculous and mental torture or anything. And that's that's the difference between life and death. At the end of the day, you know, mine was quite a quick, fast-growing tumor. So waiting an extra a week or two could have been, you know, catastrophic yeah, in terms of sure. my life. Um, so I'm really grateful that I was quick, quick well, having the the thought process to get something done straight away I guess because I've had no illness before no real dealings with hospitals or anything like that no one in my family really has either so I guess I was kind of naive in that way not to be not to be scared I guess but I just knew something wasn't right and that thought process I need to get it done straight away so but a lot of young guys are scared yeah um so I think it's great that what you're doing, trying to to get that message across, just go and get it checked. That's yeah. all you have to do. It's really simple. It might be something, it might be nothing. Um, but it's, it's that sort of peace of mind is is key, really. It really is. I think, And it's, it's interesting as well that, you know, to have these conversations and talk about it and, it and to know that guys don't have conversations like this naturally. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm learning so much about, like, just people's like cancer journeys and 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 how they and how they dealt with that um but to be able to again i say look it's all right you know two complete strangers are yeah. able to sit and talk about bollocks you know <laughs> i think that's quite it's quite a, a unique um circumstance i find myself in in that um so see when you're saying that like obviously you're having to kind of go back mm -hmm. uh, and fish out the memories as yeah, such yeah. how was that for you because um, i mean i know because of my job now, I've had to really think about, you know, to stick that cancer and, mm -hmm. uh, and and kind of be in it. But for you to 
cast your mind back did that have any kind of emotional effect on you at all or um i, I can remember the only thing that really sort of i get emotional about is is thinking about the the unknown and that that moment where i thought i was going to be stuck in a hospital for months on end that that was the only thing that really scared for me so thinking back to that that moment that's probably the strongest emotion i've got of being really scared um but apart from that i mean i the whole journey from um from the operation to the chemo then getting back to work was probably about two months yeah. and i probably came back about too quickly actually because i can remember uh, I was working at the um, NEC in Birmingham to do a, a consumer event, a good food show over there, so it's mm -hmm. a big event. And um, my, my scar sort of ripped open and got <laughs> infected. And I was like, um, I don't know if you, if you had the same thing or not, I got, got a bit of an infection, but it's like being shot down there. It was bloody painful. Yeah. Um, so I probably wasn't, probably came back a bit too quickly, but because uh, the business was where a point where it was growing so quickly, it was great just to get straight back on the horse, and that really got me over it very, very quickly as well. Right. So being keep you know keeping busy is an amazing sort of medicine as well. I think. Yeah, having that focus yeah, on definitely. something rather than just definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you know within uh, maybe six months, I think I was uh, I sort of met met Liv, my wife, and that's when I was sort of trying to woo her. And she was avoiding <laughs> me like the plague, and uh, within a year from having treatment, we were we were. Uh, seeing each other so that was nice as well so yeah. you know just putting that hole behind me and just cracking on with life and and the business as well was just a great medicine for me yeah uh, to put it behind me really but I, I did have there was definitely a, a two three year period where I was always conscious and thinking about it most days that it could return and go into the other one and um, so that never really left my mind really and you know you, you probably still get the odd itch or whatever it is and um it just keeps you thinking, oh Christ, that could be could be coming back. That's the first thing yeah. you think about, really, because any sort of ache or pain down there is is scary for anybody. Mm. Um, yeah, but apart from that, um, day to day now, I, I don't really think about it as much at all. Which yeah, is great. Yeah, um, I think it's 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 um, that thing as well. Is like I, I had. Um, an issue just recently as well. So yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night just recently and feel like somebody kicked me between the legs. Right. And I was like, geez. So I went to the kind of doctors and it looks like it was just an infection, but see until I kind of saw somebody. And even then, you know, like you're still going, oh, please don't be cancer again. Please yeah. don't be. You know, you do, you get really, uh, it is a worrying thing. And that's, I think probably as well, you'd be the same where every, every month and every three months you were in getting bloods and checks mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got to go into the beats and now with the the boxes that we give to guys. Mm -hmm. But see, um, sometimes going into the halls, I, f I have this feeling of dread, and you know, even even if it's a positive thing, so it, it can it can affect you quite, quite um, yeah, quite predominantly for a long time. Yeah, I think seeing it as well, like you do on a more day to day basis, and working with guys who've had it, it definitely probably brings it back more to you, I suppose, and. I don't know too many people in my sort of social circle and friends and family have had it. A couple of my dad's friends actually had it and they turned out okay. And yeah. you know, it was just like, wasn't really spoken of like how it is now. Um, so you, yeah, it's, you're learning about people you wouldn't have thought of ever had it. I've just cracked on. And there's so many people actually in the sort of public eye as well who've had it as well. And they're sort of talking about it more, which is quite, quite good really. And I think it's what everyone should be doing. Yeah. Definitely. And I think as well, you look at, um, 
like even within like sport and all that, there mm. are other cancers that quite rightfully get mentioned. But you know, it would just take rugby and football mm. as the two. The amount of young sportsmen who'd get testicular cancer, and it's not something that's overly pushed still, you know, that testicular cancer awareness, unfortunately. And it's, I think that's what we, I mean, it's what we're trying to do with Cojones. Like, I mean, um, we got told once that uh, we're just booting down doors because <laughs> uh, like we're getting in places and, yeah. and trying to get that message across, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's key. And we, we did something with our business as well. We did the following November, so I had my treatment in the springtime, March, April, can't what. And then uh, November was coming up and we worked with Movember and we did a charity pack and raised some money on there, which was fantastic. And I did my story in the back of the pack and went to a few consumer shows and just spreading the word. And so many people just came up to me afterwards and thought, oh, that's amazing what you've done. Now I'm checking every day. And uh, one lad, I was actually, it was, I was probably around Christmas time, I was having a few drinks with mates and he came up to me, someone I didn't really know. And he said, oh, because of you, I, I got checked out. It was nothing, but, you know, I was worrying about it for a long time. So helping just that one person to get checked out, which is it's worthwhile. It definitely is. 100%. Um, but yeah, it's a really successful campaign actually, and um, anything that I can do to help spread the word, I'm game for absolutely because I yeah. know how important it is. And, and I take it that um, you know, going through something as big as having to stay mm. cancer, obviously, it kind of it will influence um, you in lots of different ways. Like as a as a business, you know, like it, it, you look on your website and it's all very kind of health oriented. Is that mm. something you've kind of strive for anyway? We we strive for that anyway. Um, you know, there is that big sort of, uh, you know, you read in the Daily Mail every day, you know, uh, processed meat or whatever it is, sausages on burgers give you cancer, you're high risk of getting cancer, that kind of stuff really. But uh, so you do get a bit of flack because you're a sausage business and you're promoting, you know, health and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, everything in moderation is absolutely fine. And of course, we, we sell actually more um, chicken products and we do pork or beef nowadays. So it's crazy how quickly the business is transformed, actually. And we are known as that sort of healthy alternative of a sausage, really. You know, if you want to indulge a little bit, you can do as well. Um, so we, we, that's where we sort of roll. That's the role we play in the category, I guess. Um, but no, any, any, sort of, um, any sort of cause that we can help raise awareness for, being a sort of a brand that's in the public eye, uh, it's in pretty much every single supermarket in the UK. Yeah. Um, I think that's we have a responsibility to do that. Absolutely, um, we worked with uh, for breast cancer as well this year, and that was another successful campaign. Um, one thing that didn't did irk me a little bit, we did a really good campaign with Movember the first time round, and I think they were just kind of growing as well, like we were as a business. I don't know how old they were, but they were they weren't massive at that point. And then the following year, we we said, oh, let's let's do it again. Let's go bigger and better. And, um, something happened in their team and their their view of handling different business. They they saw us more like um, Pepsi or Coca Cola, yeah. uh, and they wanted a, a, a bigger commitment out of us. And I thought it was was a bit wrong, really. You know, because the, the whole point we're doing, all we want to do is just tell our story and spread the word to get checked. That's it. Yeah, that's simply that's that's all it was really. Uh, and they wanted a, a bigger sort of corporate commitment out of us, and it didn't didn't sit well with us really. So yeah. unfortunately, we had to not do it again but um, we can still spread the word to get checked we don't need a big charity to come on board of us the, yeah. the simple fact is a small we, charity you know well yeah no exactly you know guys like speaking to yeah. you as well um, and having a similar story to me I'd be more than happy to sort of support absolutely because yeah. um, that's all it is it's not about it's not about selling more packs of sausages it's literally just 
spreading the word. Get yeah. checked. Simple message. Change the mentality of young guys who are scared to go to the GP. And if you can do it with just one guy, I mean, it's, it's worth doing. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And it's 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 um, sorry, it's um, nice hearing that from like a a, a business owner and a business owner that's mm. as, as big as heck is as well. Like to have have that like. Um, social kind of health responsibility for not just because your employees will be infected by yeah, yeah. cancers you know and then having that uh, responsibility in terms of your consumers as well mm -hmm. which is it's really refreshing to hear mm -hmm. you know and and to have that yeah it's just getting that that message out there which really benefits everybody you know and um yes yeah, it's, it's and you can see that, especially, you know, when you've done your the kind of breast cancer one, it was like the packs were the, the brand, stuff like that. I mean, that's that's excellent, you know, yeah. that you can that you can have that ability to do stuff mm. and pull that eye in mm. as well. Yeah, well, that's all down to uh, to the guys in the team, really. You know, they come up with the ideas and uh, my wife lives, she designs all the packaging as well. So yeah. uh, that's handy. So we can turn things on very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's that's something else the brand's known for. We are known for our sort of quirky seasonal flavors and, and the packaging. We kind of have a bit of fun with as well. So yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we've got a good audience as well. We're that sort of good sort of social space to be able to to communicate to those people. And when it's for a good cause, uh, we can easily turn it around. So it's one of the strengths of our business. It really is. Yeah, and that's it's, it's quite amazing to see that. Yeah. And again, that 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 social responsibility that you can see from heck is, is, is really, let's like say, and want to repeat myself, it's refreshing. Good. You know, because I think it's, because we notice it when, as a charity, so when we go to businesses, you can sometimes feel the, oh, what's this charity want? And it's the handout thing. And we're very much like, it's about our message, you know, it's mm -hmm. like we, one of our biggest things is to go in and try and do talks with like employees, even if it's online, if it's, you know, if it's um, uh, in person, great. Um, but you do sometimes what if you get people past the charity thing, you know, and I think they've probably had situations similar to yourself. It becomes this gimme, gimme. And that's not the best way to go around any partnership no. at all. You know, it's it has to be a little bit of kind of like just softly, softly, you know, yeah. Let's do things together. Let's do things being. together. How are we going to go bigger? How are we going to go better? How are we going to spread the, the message across the most effective way? And that's that's got to be the sole conversation, not about the partnership or, or fees that come involved. Like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you really are missing the point of what the, this is all about. Mm -hmm. um, so that was upsetting when we, work, when we stopped working for them on that basis, really. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's other guys such as yourselves that we'd love to work with and you know, it's just that simple mm -hmm. message, get checked, really yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, so, and if we can just save one person and they go to the doctors and get checked straight away, it's just worth it, it really yeah. is. Well, that's like you're saying, like that, like in your social circle, that guy coming up to you and saying, you know, if it wasn't for you, maybe mm -hmm. I wouldn't. And, and I, I get that quite a lot as well. If I'm, if I'm doing a talk, I'll do a talk to one person, I'll do it to a thousand people. Mm. But if one person goes away and does their check that day, I know that I've done my job well, yeah. you know, and it's really good because like some of the football clubs we've went to, you get a lot of feedback from the players and there's been multiple players I've kind of reached out afterwards and went, listen, I've, I've had an issue or like I've got this thing just now and, you know, it's like, well, just go to the club doctor, you know, yeah. it's like you say, it's such an easy message about testicular like, cancer awareness. It's, mm check yourself if there's something not right mm. go to a doctor yeah and I think 
it's 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 probably easiest for us to say. But before I had cancer, would it, I, I do see I do see the issue now because even talking about you know your, your genitals is just it's just an unheard of. It really is, or mm. it really is. Even whipping them out to a complete stranger <laughs> is just. It's actually a nuts thing to think about. It really yeah. is. But I'm not going to ask you to do that, by the no. way. <laughs> but I wouldn't care anyway. It's, been, it's happened so many times. I just don't care. Any, yeah. anyone, anyone can have a touch. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a bizarre thing. It really is. Uh, and I just feel so so lucky that I've, I've reacted that way. Yeah, and uh, and that's the the biggest thing. Eh? It's that getting over that embarrassment mm. about you know, and it's even. We found that it's even like talking like the, the use of different language, you know, and I know kind of Richie's probably spoke to kind of all this already, but see the amount of times that we come across um, people who are like, ah, I don't know if you can say the word balls or if you can mm. say ghoulies or nuts or whatever. And it's like, but we're talking to men yeah. who are notoriously bad for you know, health checkups and that anyway, if I start sitting there going, hello, yes, and your testicles, <laughs> you know, folk are going to go, no, you know, that's, and the, the, the kind of the analogy that I always have for it is um, for nearly 20 years, I was working in the NHS. So I was a nursing assistant and part of my role, a lot of times in, in some wards that I worked in was to kind of get the old years ready if I was in the kind of elderly wards. And if you're maybe needing to take them for a pee or something like that, you know, you could get um, this wee, sweet old woman, you know, twin set on, uh, very kind of prim and proper. You know, you'd speak to her in a way that was different from, you know, old Jimmy who was in the army and quite rugged. And, you know, it's like uh, there was this one guy, you know, the, the nurse kept going, hey, James, you have to go and urinate in the receptacle. It's, Jimmy, go and do a pish in the bottle, you know? And then he's like, all oh, right, son, what's she talking about? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's it's using that colloquial language to meet your audience. And I think that's when you find that, um, even the word balls, it's not overly offensive, you know? But it's strange that, again, testicular cancer is so out of the zeitgeist that those concerns still exist within, you know, businesses, schools, you know, sports clubs. It's really, really odd. Yeah. And it's young guys as well. It's um it's just how do you communicate in their way in their language and you've you've hit the nail on the head really, you know, you've got to you've got to speak their language so they feel more comfortable to talk about it. You really do. Um I don't think I I try and go back to my experience of how I was sort of dealt with really, but um I guess because I was just almost scared or whatever I just just went along with it really. I mm. didn't really ever feel feel at ease. Um, I don't know if there is a way to 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 be at ease at all, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I'm very grateful to the the surgeon who who treated me as well. Uh, I think he's an absolute superhero in my eyes because he was pretty like blunt and whatever. We've got to take it out. It's going to happen here. Even put a little X on on the one <laughs> that he was going to take off to make yeah. sure I'm the right one. So immediately I felt pretty pretty good about it. And yeah, yeah. Um, but the the weird thing about having the surgery is, is you just can't move. It's mm -hmm. just incredible, isn't it? As because actually cutting into that sort of mus muscular tissue down there. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting. I mm -hmm. wasn't really expecting to not be able to move for about two weeks. Um, being such an active guy as well, that was the hardest thing. It's been sort of stuck in stuck in bed. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just baby steps and. Finally got myself out there and started running around again. So. Yeah. How did you find, like, uh, I've never asked anybody this, um, but how did you find, like, going in and then um, 
getting the general anaesthetic. Did you find that a weird experience? Oh, that was scary, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember um, lying down in, in the operating theatre and a nurse was holding my hand and sort of trying to calm me down because I must have been like shaking or something. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the, they put the, the mask on or whatever and uh, count, count from 10 backwards and I think I got to six and I was out maybe. So really yeah. quickly. And then they're waking up in this room just full of other people who are completely knocked out. <laughs> and it's slowly waking up like, what the hell is going on here? You're completely just... And then moving about half an hour, I said, oh, yeah. That's why Oh, yeah, that's yeah. You try and move that one inch, and you're oh, yeah, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah. I um, I got really overwhelmed. Like, so uh, there was a student, a couple of students in as well. So when I was lying there, it, the room was tiny as it was, like the pre-theatre room, and I was, I burst into tears. And then, like a, a, a like a child, I, I went, "Thanks for looking after me." And then out I went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like I was so vulnerable. I was, I never felt so vulnerable in my life yeah. as to kind of go in under a general anaesthetic because oh. I'd had um, a hernia operation when I was about three or four, and I have vague memories of the whole thing but nothing quite like that but mm. it was yeah and then mm. I waking up but I was really fortunate it's like um, so my mate's stepdad was in getting surgery mm -hmm. the same time no as I was so like um, when I woke up um, he was there and he's like my nickname's Chippy eh? so it's like uh, uh, I stole it from my big brother so <laughs> uh, um, so he's going is Chippy okay, Chippy? And I, I woke up to hearing his voice going, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. He's like, good son, I just wanted to make sure you were all right. And then they wheeled him off. Like he, he, he wanted to wait until I was awake. So it's <laughs> nice to have like a familiar face that in a nice. really odd situation. Yeah, yeah. Eh? So, that is nice. Yeah, so it kind of made me feel good that, you know, a friend was mm. there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I think if you're lucky to do that situation, it's great. I had my dad with me who's just, it, it hit him very hard actually because he's yeah. naturally quite a big sort of warrior. Right. Anyway, my mum's sort of the, probably the stronger one of the two. Who's not 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 that emotional really, but mm -hmm. my dad is definitely the, uh, I guess the guy it sort of affected him the most, I suppose. Mm. Um, so he was with me in the surgery, and I couldn't sort of get the wheeling back to the room afterwards. I'm still sort of coming back, and his face is just like, oh my god, like yeah. just scared of hell. And, Whatever. So I was like, oh, Dad, you're just going to have to go for a walk. <laughs> you're not helping. <laughs> you're not helping yeah. any. Yeah. And, and I, I suppose, like, as well, like, I, I've met a few people for Yorkshire over my, my kind of lifetime. Like, mm. he's a quite a hardy, breedy people as well. Like, and yeah. you tell it like it is. That must have been, um, you know, a good place to be, like, to have people like that around, mm. like, your friends and things like that as well. Like, to. Yeah, I guess, because I, I, yeah, I, I kind of dealt it in that way as well. I not if it was intentional or not, but I kind of like just once we kept busy. And I didn't really um, go to my friends and tell them a story straight away of what it was like or anything like that. And they obviously knew about it, but they weren't like, oh, yeah, what's it like? What's it feel like? Anything like that. They're just, just like normal, just, yeah. you know, just cracked on pretty much, uh, which is refreshing mm -hmm. um, in terms of getting over the recovery and getting through it and the worry about it coming back and all that kind of stuff, really. So... Yeah, I wasn't really that open about it, but of mm -hmm. course, if someone asked me, I'd, I'd go into it and be happy to tell you about it. And um, I just say, look, I'm just really lucky that at the end of the day, I was really lucky because I did something about it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but in terms of sort of being a bit like Yorkshire, we're not that not that emotional, I suppose. Especially my family, I guess we kind of just like just bat on really. Mm. Um, 
I'm not that much of an emotional guy, really. Um, and I have to sort of like I count them on my hand the number of times I've ever really cried, really. Right. Um, but definitely emotional does emotion does take over me. I do get upset about things. And one thing that I guess that's affected me the most is I definitely feel more anxious about things. Right. Not necessarily about my health, but in, in mm. life in general, which I think before I had the cancer, I wasn't that kind of person at all. So mm. I think that in that's probably one of the long lasting effects is definitely worrying about things more. Mm. But that could be to do with a number of things where the business is growing, different challenges as well. So they're natural things really anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I was really much of an anxious person before the surgery. So yeah. that's probably one of the long lasting effects more than anything. And do you think that's just because it was such like, you were having to face your mortality, I suppose, like because yeah. you, you know, you hit the nail on the head earlier as well. Like I think people sometimes will think to stick their cancer, it's got a good survival rate, but see, at the point that you're told, all you hear is the word cancer. Mm -hmm. So within that, do you think that the whole experience of having cancer is the thing that's kind of, you know, made you feel a little bit more anxious about things in general? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I don't walk on, you know, go through life walking on eggshells or anything like that. Definitely not. Um, but my mind definitely works in a different way. Mm. Definitely does. Starts to question things more. Uh, and it's not necessarily about my my body or anything like that. It's mm. just day-to-day -day life about things. Overthinking. Yeah. Definitely more of an overthinker now, which can be kind of unhelpful sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's definitely something that's changed me as a person. It's also made me a better person as well, more understanding, more compassionate as well. Mm. Um, and definitely when it comes to health and whatever people have to go through, you know, we've, I've seen myself as very lucky to, to most. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's definitely something that's changed me. So I feel like I'm a better person for it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you find that of a lot of guys' conversations, it does change you that mm. kind of in that way. And you'll be certainly, it'll make you more driven, especially within like kind of the, the business aspect as well. You'll be, mm. you know, it'll help in that regard, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've come from a quite hard working background anyway. So that's, that was instilled to me as a young age, you know, right. working hard. Um, so yeah, we've never never been shy for that. But as the business has grown, um, and you take on more responsi responsibilities and more people as well, and you get you sort of always pressured in a business like ours because we had such a great five six years of, of amazing growth and how to keep on growing. You're always under the pressure to think of the new the na that next thing that's mm. really going to take off really. Uh, and marketing plays a massive part of that as well. And we've done a lot of things with have not worked and you know you've got to be a bit more savvy with your spending really because uh it can go as much if uh, marketing money doesn't go very far at all it right. really doesn't um so it's it's thinking in different ways because we were so successful from the brand itself i mean heck means what the heck to give to give it a go mm -hmm. um which is a bit of like a family motto of ours really right so not not to be scared just try things and you don't be scared to fail either Right, because fail failing is actually how you how you really sort of grow and and learn things really. And we failed a lot of, a lot of things in business, that's for sure. Um, but we come back stronger for it, and that's just how it is, really. Mm. And I guess that plays a part in my my overthinking process as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's all sort of connected, really. And I didn't used to think like this, and it's made me a better person in business, I suppose, because I'm I'm thinking more outside the box. 
Um, but beforehand, we were just, just riding that sort of roller coaster of amazing growth and success. It was just basically down down to the brand, really, and the yeah. great products we have. But now we've got to a stage where we have to, you know, start thinking outside the box a bit more. And how do we become a real household brand mm-hmm. uh, and take it to that next level, really, which we're we're sort of challenged with at the moment, right. finding it a little bit difficult. Right. And I suppose then it's, it's, uh, there'll be a lot impacted by COVID and all that with a kind of impacted. Oh yeah, that, yeah that's you guys as well. COVID for us as a business was fantastic mm. because people could only go to the supermarkets so of course it was great for us and we we're lucky enough in our factory we weren't too too affected by it right uh, there's no real cases and i had it actually i think i was probably the only one. Oh, really <laughs> <laughs> so i let the sign down I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um so yeah it was really like you know make hay whilst the sun shines i guess mm-hmm. uh and then you know the the world changed massively the 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 war in ukraine and dealing with the inflation that's been a massive challenge for the last 18 months yeah uh, and dealing with our retailers because we deal with these the big corporates of the world who are who can be uh great when it's when the sun's shining but when it's when it's not very very challenging right um but that's just business yeah. at the end of the day uh, that's just what it is um but yeah dealing with all that and now the dust has settled now touch wood i don't mm-hmm. hopefully there's not going to be any big more global disasters or well there's that war and uh in Israel at the moment and the Palestinians as well but there'll be something else around the corner but for now mm. in terms of our sort of cost prices for the business they're kind of stable which is which is great news yeah. but there's always something around the corner there's always something oh there's there's always going to be yeah. something that affects something yeah. politicians will make that happen yeah, whether you yeah, want exactly. it to or not as well that's <laughs> yeah. the thing yeah. um, so uh, you're saying that the, the word heck so that's like just what the heck then yeah uh, what the heck that's yeah. really was and when we came up with with the brand it was literally heck on shelf and we came with pretty much every flavor and the packaging was pretty much every color of the rainbow <laughs> in what was quite a dark category everything was very sort of black packaging traditional farmhouse feel yeah yeah and then we came with everything gluten-free the chicken sausage as well so we completely re sort of invented the category mm-hmm. and we had lots of new shoppers come into the category as well so the retailers were like oh my god yeah. You're growing it for us. So massive success story. But when we first, our first listing was a, a Tesco listing with 800 stores, which is a big, big order for, for, to fulfill. Yeah. And um, we had no idea really if, if these, <laughs> these letters on a pack are, uh, were going to work. Right. And thankfully they did. They did, yeah. Um, uh, and what else made the business quite successful? We did a business documentary called The Fixer with Alex Polizzi. I don't know if you, yeah, she's yeah. the hotel inspector lady. Yeah. Uh, and she came into our business. It was like year one or two, and we were pretty much, you know, just very early. We had one one big customer, and we're still like, working out of port cabins. We had a small little factory, right. and you know, we were we were small. <laughs> and she came in, and you know, told her a bunch of numpties, and we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And she sort of had to go along with it. Um, but that aired on BBC Two, and about six million people watched that. Right. And a lot of them bought sausages the next day and want to know more about the business. Yeah, yeah. So if we hadn't done that program, um, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. So yeah, yeah, it was worth it. And uh, one thing we always say: we can't turn down sort of free TV anything. So whatever it is, we're like, yeah, yeah, do it. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Hundred <laughs> percent. We're kind of the same as the corners. Like uh, um, when me and Richie talk about stuff, it's like, can we go on that? Can we go on that? Can yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just yeah. get, let's just get out there. Yeah. Let's um, because it's interesting because like the um. I don't know if it's all of Scotland, but certainly in Falkirk and I think Glasgow area, heck means to eat. 
as well. So if um, I'm like, oh, I could heck. You know, really? I'll say that, yeah, if I'm hungry. Uh, so that's why I think uh, you maybe have a good Scottish market. Yeah. Because, like, uh, that's uh, if, if me and the boys are out and like that, uh, who fancies a heck? You know, and, and that's... No way. Yeah, so I, if you're going to heck. That must know. be why we're so successful up here. We <laughs> yeah. actually do really well up here. That must be why. I've yeah. just... Wow, learn something every yes, day. Yes, because that's why I was wondering about the name. If if it had a similar thing down in England, but obviously not. No, no. it doesn't at all. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why we do so well up here. <laughs> See, <It's, laughs> the branding just works in Scotland <laughs> because it's, it means something completely different. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks for telling me. That's no, amazing. No. I have to play on that when we get it back. Exactly. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was thinking, I went, uh, you've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But, yeah. We're literally saying it on the pack, aren't we? Yeah, that's uh, amazing. I know it's great and um, I, I know that's the reason that I first bought the sausages was because I'm like oh, I fancy a heck what do I need and then you're in the supermarket and you're like oh, let's try the, these <laughs> chicken ones let's bash in you know so, oh, yeah. that's brilliant uh, oh, fantastic that's made my day actually knowing yeah. that wow <laughs> yeah, colloquialisms you know they're a wonderful thing you know, <laughs> yeah. especially when you can play in them <laughs> but um, yeah so just to kind of kind of take us back into it um, you'd said about um um, dealing with kind of like being fit and healthy and 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 having uh, your cancer and you've thankfully came through that unscathed as such. Have you got any like um, has there been anything you've noticed out with it? You know the the kind of the mental aspect of it. Like physically, have you noticed anything that that you kept after surgery and chemo and things like that? No, I mean no. I was quite an active, fit guy anyway. I played football a few times a week and mm-hmm. uh, actually always went to the gym anyway. Um, but more of just to keep myself fit and healthy more than anything and mm-hmm. I find going to the gym these days it actually helps me sleep incredibly well as well it just yeah. knocks me off I know if I burn a load of calories in that day I, I sleep like a baby yeah. compared to if I'm just sat in the car or at my desk or whatever it's just complete complete changes Yeah. Um, but no physically I don't think so no yeah. I, I felt pretty of course there's probably about three months where I couldn't run as quick as I could, but um, no, that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah and yeah, that, the great thing about only having one testicle, um, everything else functions pretty well as yeah. well, which is the great stigma as well. You know, yeah. you feel the worst when it says, oh, Christ, you've got one testicle, am I going to be able to have a family and all those kind of things? Yeah. Um, so yeah, luckily um, everything's normal down there, which yeah. is great. Uh, so you got kids? <laughs> uh, one on the way, one actually. On the way. Yeah, oh, one in, one's coming in June, which is fantastic. So, Brilliant. Which is great news. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And yeah. um, we're looking forward to that. We yeah. really are, yeah. But no, luckily my sperm count when I've, when I've had it tested has always been pretty strong, yeah. which, which is great, which is uh, well, not the case for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we, we, I kind of went through a wee weird fertility thing as well, but yeah. eventually, you know, uh, my, my wife fell pregnant naturally as well, you know, yeah. and you, you kind of find yourself going, yes, I did it with one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, no, and um, yeah, there's, there's, I can't wait to pull this joke and when he or she is born and say, oh, look how good looking he or she is. Imagine mm. if I had two. You know, I can't <laughs> wait to pull that one. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, that's a good joke, mate. That's a good joke. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, lucky and we're over the moon and um, yeah, really happy. At this moment in time, everything's great. So yeah. yeah, really yeah. grateful. Yeah, just get, get, get all your early nights in. All <laughs> uh, right, okay. Yeah. We've got two dogs and they've been pretty challenging in fairness. When oh, really? Coffees, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm a deep sleeper, right. so 
Liv's going to have to wake me up if mm-hmm. she can't sleep because she gets up and like she doesn't wake me. So just give me a nudge. And yeah. I'm more than happy to help out. It's not my fault I don't wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, honestly, man, wait until you have that and I'm home for the first time. You'll be sleeping like on a yeah. knife's edge. You'll be like, ah, what's that noise? What's that noise? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it's not. It's amazing. And it's... And it, I suppose that's why I like having conversations like this because, you know, our hope is that this podcast isn't just going to reach the guys who are maybe having issues, but, you know, like partners as well. And especially like, you know, young, because it is a young man's disease, you're at the point of, you know, entering a new relationship or you're in one and you're thinking about starting a family. And the fertility issue is something that, again, you know, testicular cancer is low down, but men's fertility is even lower. Mm. And and put those hand in hand, it's such a difficult world to kind of be in. I think um, you don't really you don't really know the impact that it that it has um, on the other person. You know, I, I know when we were going through it, it was quite a difficult thing because you know, you know my wife wanted to be a mother, like, because we already had our son, mm-hmm. and but we wanted to kind of grow our family and and with that maybe taken away from you was quite a, a kind of difficult yeah. period as well. So, you know, to be able to have these hopeful conversations and have people like, um, you know, my wife or anybody else out there who's worried about their husband after chemo to be able to go, well, mm. there's Jamie, you know, he's he's got one and he's yeah. able to kind of mm. uh, father a child. It's, it's, it makes no difference, you know, and that's, mm. that's a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, fertility is a strong one. It's... Uh, I guess, you know, the frustration of not being able to have a child and I've been told that you can't have a child. It must be absolutely devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I sympathise a lot of, a lot of people going through that. And, um, yeah, that's quite that's quite out there, I'd say, in fertility struggles more than testicular cancer, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it on Instagram, especially from females. They're more open to talking about it, for sure. Of course, yeah. And you, because um, my wife follows a lot of influencers and that on that subject really and mm-hmm. you know, listening to their stories it must be a real real tough one especially when you know you're, you're that age where everyone's popping up left right and center yeah and you're, you feel like that you're not the only ones who, who can't have one mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I i that's that's a tough one definitely yeah. and it does feel like that you know it really does um when you're trying and mm-hmm. things aren't happening mm-hmm. you know and then you do feel like everybody else now is having, but actually everybody else is probably just having the same struggles. It's just yeah. all tied it's in. Hushed. It really yeah. is. Yeah, you know, everyone everyone could be having their own struggles for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, and people don't really talk about that as much as well. So it's, there's definitely a link link to it. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're very grateful and very happy that. Luckily, we've got one on the way, so yeah, it's great. All the best people are born in June anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely when I was born. <laughs> but it's, um, so in terms of the, the kind of um, you and the, and the company and, and going forward with the kind of health stuff that you, you do, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do a lot of campaigns and things like that. I mean, have you got any more planned or is it just something that comes up ad hoc? Well... Um, speaking to you, I'd definitely like to do something again to raise awareness for testicular cancer. That's definitely because it's so close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I've sort of been so caught up with the business, we did a lot when it first happened because it was very raw. Um, but no, definitely, I'd like to do something on that basis. And then fertility is definitely something that's quite close to our heart as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so raising awareness for that, if we, if we can do in some way, that would be that would be good as well because mm-hmm. it's a very lonely place to be 
when you when you're struggling to have kids it really is yeah um and then yeah of course breast cancer is a big one for us we've got more girls than boys in the business that's for sure and you know that's a very very common disease and we'd love to do something again on that that basis but we're not just saying oh christ there's a there's a good cause there we want to work with them it's it's got to have something that's really sort of close to the business and if someone in the business has been affected by something we'd love to get on board and support them in any way we can as well yeah um so yeah it's it's uh it's just such a i feel like we have a responsibility as a business and being in the public eye and being in every supermarket we can tell our story you can raise awareness that way and it's just that simple message go and get checked mm-hmm. really easy yeah and it is so easy just to kind of to do it and yeah. I think like we talk about it in our talks all the time the advantage especially when it's testicular cancer you don't need any equipment you know you know, you just have to have a pair of hands mm. you know and have a hot bath and a shower yeah. and then you're able to do that check mm. and it's 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 <laughs> easy you know it's it's not like you know obviously you know the females have to go in if it's the mammogram machine and that's a mm. You know, a whole complicated mm, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. uh, so for guys, you know, it's it's so easy and so treatable. Mm. I think that's the the key thing um, for us in in terms of that message and and getting that help to to just say it's okay, guys. You know, check. Not every not every lump and bump your fuel is going to be cancer because again, in terms of the statistics, I mean, they're relatively low for testicular cancer, but. Yeah. It's still young men, mm-hmm. you know, getting hit by something as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that we kind of really hope to make sure that we kind of maintain that message. Just uh, it's yeah. get checked. It's so easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you can live a perfectly normal life. And mm-hmm. okay, I, I've I've well, nearly eight years or something now since mm-hmm. I had it, and it, it really is the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, unless I get the odd ache down there, then it kind of oh Christ. Mm-hmm. But it's. It's, it's testaments to the recovery and you can live a completely normal life and recover fine mm-hmm. if you just get it done really early and that's it you live a completely normal life and you almost forget about it yeah um which is just this, which is probably the strongest message i can give really yeah um <laughs> okay it might change you make you a bit more compassionate which is a great thing mm-hmm. um and more understanding to other people going through this illness but they're really good things mm-hmm. and you know that's one of uh, how do I put it? Not the blessing of having testicular cancer. How should I put it? In a way that's... I don't know. I think uh, you could use the word blessing of it or yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, it's, it changes the person for a good way. Yeah. So you have to go through a hard time really to, to see the light, I suppose. Yeah. And um, that's definitely what's happened to me, I guess. Yeah. I always talk about it in the, the terms of me. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you if I hadn't had testicular cancer I wouldn't be doing the job that I, that I have you know if, if I hadn't had it you know mm. and I probably would have been you know naively ignorant to um, these types of things because I mean I've said it a thousand times but the the few people that I knew who had testicular cancer was Lance Armstrong yeah John Hartson and Alan Stubbs that was that was my yeah, yeah world view and that was it there was nobody else around me or near me or Mm. it it seemed even more a rarer of a thing growing up Mm. Um, so yeah I and when I was I don't know if you did but when I was going through my treatment I never actually met anybody else that was going through it did you? no nobody my family is pretty 
clear of all sort of illnesses. My my grandfather died of prostate cancer, but he was fairly old anyway, and it, that's an old man's disease in a way, isn't it? So, mm. um, but no, apart from that, nothing at all. Mm. Didn't know anybody who had cancer, not a young person or anything. And it's yeah, crazy to think that. But now, as I got older, we're thirty three now. You do hear of people getting illnesses, and I don't know if it's because of that age bracket or people more open to talking about. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Everything when I was younger was more hush hush and. Nobody really wants to know if they had a, uh, an issue or an illness. Mm. So I think that's this is the times we live in now. Everyone's more open, I guess. Yeah. Especially when it comes to sort of social media and everyone kind of wants to. It's a really quick way to spread the message, right? Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, it wasn't that, that accessible, I guess. Mm. Or people didn't feel that comfortable to do so. So I think time's changing and it's definitely the kind of work that you guys do and many others, I guess, that are trying to spread that word of not being embarrassed and you can help people by telling your story. Yeah. And uh, that's what I, I hope as well. Like, you know, with every guest that comes on, somebody's going to link into it for whatever way, you know, and, and see you sitting here talking about it. And again, like that guy that you knew is going to go, ah, do you know what? I, f- I f- maybe do feel something. You know, look at those two guys talking about it. Like, yeah, I'll go talk to my mate or I'll just go and get seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's the kind of big thing. And it's funny the, the change that it does have in you. I think like that can passionate thing is such it's it seems to be universal across everybody that i've spoke to who's had testicular cancer you know it's that one switch almost that not that nobody was compassionate before but there's that real change of like a real understanding and and kind of going no no i'm going to take the time to listen to this person or Mm. you know um which it's a lovely thing to happen i suppose you know (laughs) absolutely yeah Yeah. i think that's just strength of it i guess and um yeah i think that what the work you're doing is fantastic it really is so i was more than you know jumped to the chance to come speak to you. i was like yeah so yeah. I, I get asked to do a few talks and mostly business related and like oh no no thank you yeah but this is something that's kind of really close to me and i had to had to if it helps yeah. definitely 100 yeah. percent. you know and it, and it's and it's gonna and i've said i said this to um my wife recently i said you know um yeah, we want to do as many of these as, as we can, but say say today was the last one, right? We have eight episodes out where there's eight guys talking about their experience mm. and that's just out there forever now. You know, we, we literally have that in 10 years' time, somebody can look back at this episode and, and listen to you or listen to Todd or listen to, you know, um, the other guys that we've had on and be like... Oh yeah, it's not much has changed in in terms of like you know how guys feel about it. So yeah, we are so grateful that you you made the trip up here as well. You know, obviously it's it's a a long old drive and um, yeah. And yeah. I was saying before, fair that um, what it is I don't know what it is about Scotland, but mm. I've been coming here since I was a young lad uh, to work mostly, and um, it's got this sense of just just at ease when I come up here I mm. completely switch off from everything that's going on back at home and feel completely stress free mm. uh, I don't know if it's the Scottish air or whatever it is <laughs> I just feel so much more chilled um, so yeah I, it's an absolute joy to come up here I really mm. do I love it I yeah. love it you might not feel the same because you live here but I don't know no I do like uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, again like see whenever I, because of this job as well um, I get to drive a lot of places in Scotland that I've maybe never been in and when we've done a talk up in Inverness I got to see how beautiful Scotland is, you know, yeah. and and it's not not to see, you know, when you drive in England, it's 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 rubbish, but yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. further north you go. It's well, just, we'd love to have yeah. you down at the factory, and 
you know, if you want to do something joint together down there, you know, there's, um, you know, we've got quite good local schools in our community and sports clubs and all that kind of stuff. So if you ever want to venture that way, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say do a talk at our factory because we we, we sort of heavily, heavily have um, an Eastern European work, workforce. So I yeah. feel like everything we'll say will just go in vain and we'll be outside <laughs> smoking in 10 minutes after it's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, not anything we can do as well, you know. It's like uh, it's it's grateful to have the opportunity to kind of mm. to talk to people like yourself and and people who are kind of just open to spreading that awareness. I think that's that's the big thing, you yeah. know, for us. Um, but yeah, uh, again, thank you so much for for coming on no, today. Um, I suppose this is the kind of point, you know, if you want to kind of like, you know, plug the business and and do your socials and things like that, you can. Wire yeah, away. absolutely. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I'm rubbish at this. I never normally have to do this. So it's <laughs> but no, yeah, we, we supply every single major retail in the UK and um, we've always got exciting new flavours. So look out for in your local store for us, really. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we're a fast growing business and we've got a fantastic social following on Instagram. So heck food at Instagram. And um, yeah, give us a follow and a like. And the marketing girls are fantastic in terms of their content. And they always come up with quirky, fun ideas and... Mm. Do quite a lot on TikTok as well, um, the crazy dances and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> which, is, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they really are sort of the sort of the magic part of our business, really. And we're a fun brand, and the guys who work for us are fun people. Yeah. And it comes across, and uh, hopefully that comes across of what everyone sees on the shelf as well. So mm. uh, yes, thank you very much for the opportunity to come speak and plug the business. <laughs> yeah, no, you're more than welcome. And uh, yeah, it's that uh, if you fancy a good heck, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm, t- I'm stealing that one. Yeah. I didn't realise that. So uh, yeah, I'm going to tell the guys of the business, do you realise why we have such strong sales in Scotland? Because <laughs> we're speaking their language. <laughs> exactly. You're speaking exactly directly to us. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. just remember to check your meatballs, folks. Yeah, yeah. But, um, What's yeah. Move? We might move up here. Let's get a factory up here. Yeah. Let's base ourselves up here. You should. Yeah. Uh, just, just because it's great. Yeah. <laughs> No, thanks man cheers cheers thank you well folks that's a wrap for this season of Check 1-2 we've had an incredible journey with amazing guests and we really want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in but don't worry we're not done yet we'll be taking a short break and returning in the new year with even more inspiring guests and engaging conversations so thank you to our producer Cam and podcast studio owner uh, Mark for giving us the platform to deliver our message and a quality that makes me feel like I'm not just playing at this whole podcast thing so before we sign off we want to share something important with you you know as you know our annual Christmas campaign Check Your Bobbles has made a significant impact in raising awareness of testicular cancer over this last nine years, almost a decade. With your support, we've reached tens of millions of people worldwide. So now we're calling on you to join us in the hashtag Check Your Bobbles challenge once again, and it's really easy to participate in. All you have to do is take a picture with some Christmas baubles, eh, nominate or tag three ballsy individuals to do the same thing. Share your photo on social media with the hashtag check your baubles and then tag Cojones Scotland. It's that easy. So let's come together and spread the word about testicular cancer awareness. Your participation can make a real difference and potentially save lives. This Christmas, let's give the gift of an important message. Thank you, everybody. 
and thanks for being a part of the Check One Two podcast. <laughs>